Unless you've been living under a rock, you've heard about Sylvester de Silva in the news. Now, he is speaking to no one but journalist Carrie Saxon in a podcast he wants to call The De Silva Linen's Ghost Book. Welcome to episode four of Ghostbook Podcast. I'm Carrie Saxon and with me is Sylvester De Silva. Hey Sylvester. Hello Carrie, how are you today? I'm okay today, I've managed to sleep. So I'm going to say after last week with you saying it was paranormal, I'm just going to say oh, it good. was normal. Doubtless you had some very vivid dreams though, did you have any predictions of the future? Strangely no, because nobody has that power. Uh, I certainly do. Sylvester, how are you? I am splendid, Carrie. I had a beautiful night's sleep and I actually had a bit of a conversation with Oscar Wilde this morning. And what did Mr Wilde have to say? Well, it works a little bit like chat roulette, those kind of random chat rooms, you know, you connect with some random person. It's a bit like that sometimes Um, in the psychic realm. You can just connect with some random spirit. I had a fantastic conversation. I mean, my only gripe was that it was five in the morning. And he starts reading me one of his unpublished stories. Uh, I can't go into that because I did sign I, I would a like um, to hear that. non-disclosure agreement. <sighs> so uh, I don't know if he has any plans to release it. Obviously, there's a the slight issue of him being in the spirit world. So I'm not sure if that's ever going to see the light of day. But no, fantastic. What a way to, to start in the morning, don't you think? Yeah, that would have been amazing if it were true. Yes, which it is. So Carrie, I need to know. What what are the reviews? What's the uh, what are the ratings like? I know I said last week that I wasn't bothered, but I've had one of my characteristic changes of heart. What do they say? I'm actually surprised you asked me that, Sylvester, because I haven't actually been looking this week. Um, I've been told the listening figures are actually pretty good for a new podcast with good. somebody like me who's not really that famous. Well, you never know. I can be your springboard. Yeah, maybe that association wouldn't be the best for me, but thank you. The least I can do after all these years, it's the least I can do to help. It's absolutely the least you can do. Thank you so much. Well, I mean, the least I could do is nothing, of course. Yeah, of course. Let's start the show. We said it was going to be a surprise, didn't we? It is. So what's the surprise? I don't know. You told me I had an email from you in the week and said, Carrie, do not prepare anything. I've got it. I mean, to be fair, Carrie, I send that email every week. Yes, good point, isn't it? This week, special subject of cryptozoology. What is cryptozoology? Well, I'm going to go through the news first. I've been scouring the internet, scouring the newspapers. There's really not much in terms of paranormal news at the moment. I don't know why. I think with 2020 being so spooky and strange and mysterious that everything is just paranormal at the moment. Um, So I'm going to go for the news, but in answer to your question, cryptozoology is the study and research into cryptids. And now um, that begs the question, what is a cryptid? Exactly right. What is a cryptid? If I give you some examples, I might paint a picture. Okay, please do. Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, Chupacabra, Mm. the Jersey Devil... Champ? You've heard of Champ? 
I've never heard a chant, no. Oh, oh, you will. So basically, creatures, mysterious creatures, some of them are supernatural, which is obviously what piques my interest. Elusive creatures that quite possibly exist, but really I, do deserve intense study. I'm going to say they don't exist, and we'll take it not, from there. Don't get me wrong, Carrie, not all of them. Of course not, of course no. not. I will admit myself, some of them, no, no, they can't exist. Others, however... Absolutely, they must do. In fact, I've got a bit of a treat for you. Okay. We'll save that for later. So anyway, on to the ghostly news, Carrie. Yes, please. So Carrie, the first bit of ghostly news comes from South Derbyshire in the UK. So we have a location called Newton Park Hotel, which has got a lot of history that dates back to the Norman conquests. Wow. So a paranormal team, I see a team after my own heart, focused on a particular room in this hotel and in the cellar. Because right. if you if you want paranormal activity, you go straight to the cellar or the attic. Bits in between, you can leave out. But attic and cellar, top notch for paranormal activity. So they focused on these two areas and the lead investigator, Sarah Goldsmith, explained afterwards how terrifying the experience was. In the midst of this investigation, she sat in the doorway of the ensuite right. in this bedroom and began to feel inexplicably angry. And the other investigators Mm. remarked that her face looked like it had changed and it appeared as if she was wearing a veil. Ooh. Yes. Wow. And sure enough, the hotel is said to be haunted by a lady dressed in funeral attire. Now that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's almost like they heard that story and then made up another story. Oh, oh, how cynical. How outrageously cynical. I, that would never have happened on Ghost Truthers. That was all real, wasn't it? It was all real because I never knew where we were going. Yeah, I, I will question you on that one because I'm quite surprised you didn't know where you were going, you know, as you have eyes and you could see on the road where you were going. And Well, yes, you see, the thing is, though, Carrie, is that what would happen is if I'd go off usually on a Thursday or a Friday, meet up the team in London, they bundle me into a van. Initially, in the first series, they thought, just to make sure he doesn't know where he's going. They'd give me some earplugs, they'd stick a sack over my head, and off we would go to some random location. That lasted a couple of episodes until we were stopped by the police. Yeah. And they thought that it was a kidnapping ongoing. Obviously, I explained I'm a psychic medium, I made it all clear, and off how we long? went. And how long were you questioned for? Well, they got the border control in, and I was only it was only a mild inconvenience, about three hours, and off we went okay. to, uh, to our location. Well, as long as you're there before dark, isn't it? It's, exactly. It's no rush, no rush. Yeah, and we're always there for a couple of days. It's, it was always over the weekend. Yes. Um, and, and, and we did that initially, so I had no idea where we were going, so I had no opportunity to uh, to find out about the history. And if they, they put me up in a hotel, there was never any Wi-Fi. Usually right. the signal was bad. I mean, don't get me wrong. Within a couple of hours, I started to get a gist of where we were because you're know, walking into the, the Holiday Inn or what have you, and it says, welcome to such and such Holiday exactly. Inn. Well, that's a bit of yeah. a clue. But no, I would never, never look at the history because it all, it all just came to me psychically, okay. as you'd expect. You. Next piece of news. This is what I mean, Carrie. I mean, looking at ghostly news... It, there's not much at the moment. We had that lady who was walking for the yeah, yeah, construction site last week. Yeah, um, Vanessa. Yeah, yeah. Had not, not a peep from her, so she must have listened. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So we have some UFO news. <gasps> because it wow. is something which does crop up from time to time. Yeah, and it, something we can actually say exists. 
not aliens, not the aliens, obviously. I just mean the fact that sometimes you look at the sky and go, what's that? So we're in agreement there are UFOs. We are in agreement there's such things as UFOs. Being piloted by aliens. No, no, no. So anyway, so we have a report from Yorkshire, that neck of the woods again in the UK. So previously classified government data, which ran from 1997 to 2006, reveals all the UFO hotspots and a lot of these wow. being in Yorkshire. Could have I surprised never knew you think? that. Yorkshire, hotbed for alien Absolutely. Mm, I had no odd. idea. So 235 sightings in that 13-year period. Right. And the highest concentrations being around Leeds and Sheffield. And Bradford is the place to go if you want to see a, a UFO, apparently. Okay. Why is... I, I had to look up. I had to look at Bradford on the internet to see what it was famous for. I, I, have you ever been to Bradford? I haven't. No. No, I haven't. Apparently, they're famous for having the biggest water fountain in all of England. Well, I didn't know that. So that's worth a visit there. Anyway. Well, that's why the aliens are obviously coming. They want to have yeah, a look at this, this water aliens. fountain. No. And you also, you, well, you know who was also from Bradford? No, go on. Lots of Elsie people. Wright. Who? Elsie Wright. You'll, Elsie you'll, Wright? You'll, you'll know who I'm talking about when I mention this. She took the pictures of the fairies. Of course, which later was she admitted were faked. Well, yeah, this is the thing. The Cottingley fairies, these pictures from oh, the early 1900s, yeah. took all these pictures uh, and Arthur Conan Doyle got involved because he looked at them. He was a bit of a, he was a spiritualist, wasn't he? He was, yes. I mean, you wouldn't have, I mean, I wouldn't have expected that. I mean, he wrote Sherlock Holmes and he's very... I suppose, scientifically very, minded. Yeah, very analytical, logical. I mean, it just shows that you can have, you know, contrasting, you know, what you do, what your career is, your personal opinions can dramatically be different, can't they? Well, I, I suppose that's fair enough. I mean... I mean, like, say you, for example, you're you're a bit of a, a cynical journalist, but I know deep down you think, yeah, there really are aliens and ghosts and werewolves no. and vampires and whatnot, uh, this, that and the other. Not. So the Cottingley theory, so she took five photographs, years later admitted that four were fake, but the fifth one wasn't. I don't think that's true. Why would you why would you say that? Once you've lied, once you've found out that someone's a liar, why would you believe that one was true? Well she obviously doubled down either. She doubled down on the lie or it was true. The fifth picture was of fairies. They weren't fairies. we're back and a while ago Sylvester said he wanted to talk about cryptozoology so Sylvester we're all ears tell us about it as I mentioned Carrie cryptozoology is the study and research into cryptids it's a bit of a it's more of a hobby of mine but I I do have a keen interest in this particularly the supernatural entities that do exist out there if you say so Sylvester and as I mentioned, just to give you some examples, because if, you, if you've never heard of cryptozoology or the term cryptids, if I've given you some examples, it will all become clear. As I've mentioned, Bigfoot, Chupacabra, yes. the Kraken, the Loch Ness Monster, Mothman, the Jersey Devil and Champ. These are all okay. cryptids. I, I mean, I can't speak for all of them because I haven't heard of all of them, but pretty much all the ones I did know has been found out as faked. So would you like to... Which one's that? Well, Bigfoot. No. Bigfoot. The FBI investigated Bigfoot. Yeah, the FBI investigate a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, obviously, because we've seen the X-Files, but... I mean, they investigated me at one point and, uh, you oh, know, here no. I am alive to tell the story. Did they find out you were fake or... <gasps> 
Absolutely, of course not. I believe the actual results were inconclusive. So anyway, Carrie, cryptids. Cryptids. You have different different types of cryptids. You have hominid cryptids, an example being Bigfoot. So you have the bipedal humanoid-looking creatures. Okay. You have prehistoric cryptids. For example, the Loch Ness Monster and Champ. Champ is basically the American version of the Loch Ness Monster. It's a creature said to reside in Lake Champlin in the USA. Very similar, uh, like, a plesiosaur, like a plesiosaurus, that kind of aquatic dwelling dinosaur that still lives to this day. You have okay. mythical mythical cryptids, right. the chupacabra. Have you heard of the chupacabra? I, did, I have. I know about the chupacabra. Wasn't have you that? seen one? Well, no, because they, they're not real. I mean, they so investigated it for five and years and it wasn't real. <laughs> yes. And then you have the ones that really do pique my interest, the supernatural cryptids. Yeah. Examples being the Jersey Devil and my dear friend Mothman. Of course. And how is Mothman? Well, he's actually outside at the moment. Get away. Go. You don't uh, want so anyway. him around you. Important to death or something, isn't it? Well, exactly. That's why I tend to push off. Yeah. Um, so a lot of these, you will see a recurring theme here. And tell me what you think. So you have Bigfoot, yes. um, most commonly found in the Pacific Northwest of the United States of America. Yes. You have Champ from, as I mentioned, Lake Champlin in the USA. You have Mothman, uh, who originated in West Virginia, USA. And then the Jersey Devil, funnily enough, from New Jersey in the USA. Now tell me, Carrie, is there a common denominator here? Well, yeah. Do I need to mention it's America? Yes. And I'm glad you you didn't fall into the trap of saying that none of them are real. So clearly there's an acknowledgement from you there. (laughs) The stories are real, obviously. The stories are real, but the events in the stories are not real. You've got to ask yourself, when somebody writes a story, does that become real? In this case, yes. There is, I suppose, if I'm going to get a little bit analytical here, Carrie, Mm -hmm. one could say potentially that a lot of these have come about because America, it's still quite a, a young country, really. I mean, certainly in comparison to the UK and a lot of European countries. That you fair could argue say? that. Yeah, and so there's, there's the need to come up with a history. Well, Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. But aren't you leading then to the fact that these are fairy stories? They're stories about real things. Which makes it all the more exciting. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. Which ones have you heard of? You mentioned that you haven't heard of all of them. You're going to have to tell me which ones again because... You weren't listening. What about the Jersey Jersey Devil? You know what? The uh, X-Files episode about the Jersey Devil, isn't there? I've never seen it. So what do you know about the Jersey Devil then? Carrie, I don't watch silly programmes like that. You don't watch TV, do you? No, okay. Not particularly, unless I'm on it. Can you remind me of the Jersey Devil? Now, there's a quite a few stories, quite a few origin stories for the Jersey Devil. Apparently, the Jersey Devil began life as the unwanted 13th son of one of the state's early settlers. Oh and God, she thought, that's a heartbreaking story. She thought, 13 kids, I can manage 12, I can't possibly manage a 13th. Oh, so she offered the son to the devil. Oh, like you do. That would be the obvious thing to do, wouldn't it? You know, like, like you do. I mean, obvious, obvious thing Obviously, to do. Obviously, yes. yes. And the Jersey Devil is described as having a kangaroo body, a goat's head, bat wings, horns, cloven hooves, and a forked tail. Now you put it together, I can imagine it now, and I could see how, why you would think it's real. It's um, almost like somebody has just completely picked random body parts and said, there we go, that's what it looks like. Isn't that weird? It's, yes. So people have seen it. People no, have seen it. Up. Who who have seen it? Lots of people. <laughs> 
Do you know any of those people? Or these no, I mean, I, randoms? These are randoms, but people aren't going to lie, are they? Well, yeah, they do. So, Carrick, now I've given an introduction to uh, cryptozoology and cryptids. I have here my journal from when I went on a Bigfoot expedition several years ago. Of course you did. I know how much you love listening to my stories. So, here we go. Day one. Chartered a suitable vehicle on a gang of experienced outdoorsy types, all of whom are keen Bigfoot enthusiasts. One wears a T-shirt with a cartoon Sasquatch pointing at his feet with a suggestive look on his face. A speech bubble around his head says, you know what they say about dudes with big feet. Clearly, I'm in the company of experts. I've also acquired the services of a spirit guide called Gus. He was a park ranger who died in the wilderness. Thinking about it now, maybe he wasn't the best choice. We set off to the wilderness around Mount Hood. The area is incredibly picturesque, but I didn't waste time taking pictures of the scenery in case I missed the elusive yeti lurking amongst the trees. We set up camp in a suitable location. As dictated by Dale, our wilderness expert, night falls and not a peep from the Bigfoot. It suddenly dawns on me some trinkets might assist the search. I hastily fashion some charms out of twigs and hang them from the nearby trees. Hopefully the spirits will assist us in this great adventure. Some owe me several favours anyway. Day two. I wake to discover two of our party making a swift exit from our expedition. I'm told some sinister force has left demonic symbols around the campsite. The two believe it to be a real-life Blair Witch Project. I say nothing. Clearly the spirits regard these two as surplus to our effort. Day four. A sighting. My spirit guide Gus led us to a clearing and sure enough there was a yeti rifling through the leftovers of some other explorers. My colleagues dispute this saying it was a bear. We agree to disagree. They keep asking about their payment. I explain the money is in holding account. Note to self, hightail it out of here ASAP. Day six. Bigfoot lives. Me and my group of intrepid explorers traveled the wilderness. I stopped for a breather by a pine tree. Lo and behold, a furry hand comes out of nowhere and grabs my hat straight off my head. I can't believe it. I give chase, but the Yeti has made off into the undergrowth. Have you got anything that... Sorry, Carrie? You know, you really want to tell me about it or... Yes, sure enough. Bigfoot lives. He doesn't. I mean, it... We know it's a fake. We we know actually who faked it. We know that, that somebody went into a fancy dress shop, picked out a costume, put it on, and then filmed it. The FBI tested the hairs that were supposed to be from the Yeti, and sure enough, it was from a deer. Can I ask what her, are you, you talking about? He went to a fancy dress shop and he bought a Bigfoot costume. <laughs> Somebody based that costume on something, didn't they? Yes, probably what the filmmaker wanted. He went to a fancy dress shop and said, make me that costume, and the man did it. I'm sorry, you've wound me up now, Sylvester. I'm not usually like this, but you've wound me up. Harry, you've lost me. So Bigfoot lives, yes, and there are several of them. But the, the thing is, they don't, you know, they don't abide by our social norms, do they? Well, apparently they do because they get married and have kids. And what well, do good, they do when they die? On them. Good no. on them, I say. What, when they die, why why are there no dead Bigfoots around? A Sasquatch that communicated with me through the spirit world informed me through his series of grunts. They're quite big on cremation. Oh, my good God. Uh, 
uh, we're back and this week Sylvester wants to talk about his investigation into 30 East Drive which was part of the Ghost Luthers team wasn't it? It was. It's a fantastic place. Yeah, the Ghost Luthers went there back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the best investigations I think. Do you agree? Well it was certainly one of the more interesting investigations anyway. Interesting is the good word to describe yeah. it. It is an interesting place. I mean I think you put your heart and soul into that one if I'm honest trickery and fakery on that episode was amazing <gasps> goodness gracious me no carrie you're you're referring to the other team that went oh am i okay then obviously I'll naming no names yeah naming no names but they really did a number on that place they've really got a lot of things to answer for okay so what do you think was different between yours and theirs well we went we were absolutely we went after them and they still had the wires set up on the stairs so we had to remove all that right so when the producer of ghost sleuthers was also yanked up the stairs that was real was it oh that was completely real no wires no wires no nothing no rope purely paranormal oh dear so we should say that one of the ghosts in the house i think we've jumped Jumped quite a lot in there. But so for people who don't know, the house was haunted apparently in the 60s. Two children in there. There was Diane and there was Philip. And one of those children, Diane, was pulled violently up the stairs by a poltergeist. Mm, apparently. Yes. Um, yes. A poltergeist whose name was either Father Michael or as the household referred to him was Fred. Fred. Yes. Mm. That's his name. Oh, so you know him as Fred, do you? Absolutely, yeah, Fred. I think he's got a bit of a bad rep, to be honest, Carrie, because they've made yes. films about this this location, haven't they? They have, yes, when the lights go out. Yeah, so 30 East Drive in Pontefract. Yes. A very, very haunted house. Quite haunted, as we've become accustomed <laughs> to saying. It is known as the most quite haunted house in the country, I believe. Yes, and you mentioned it already, Philip and Diane, the two kids that lived there. Mm. The whole family was subjected to a barrage of paranormal activity. And Fred, the main poltergeist that lives in the place, he's not the only one. There are quite a few spirits in there. And he, as I mentioned, he gets a bit of a bad rep, to be honest, because he's not the one responsible for all of it. In fact, he's a bit of a comedian, this Fred. He is. How's that? Well, he's known for his japes and his little shenanigans around the place. You know, he's he poured a whole jug of milk over the kids' arms and they absolutely loved it. They really did. Hang on a minute. Now, Fred is the monk that haunts the house, the monk in life that was hung for murdering a child. Well, you've got to atone for your sins in life at some, in some way, haven't you, in some shape or form? No, that is it's totally unforgivable. In fact, isn't one of the ghosts in the house the child he murdered? And they get on famously, you know, they put it, it's water, water under the bridge, put it behind us. Let's just crack on with haunting this house. Okay. There were rumours that the house was built on a well. Um, another well. Another well. Well, well, well. well. Yes, well. we mentioned Cash's well in Essex. These wells, hotbed for paranormal activity, don't you think? Well, apparently, well, this one was, Monk was thrown down that well, and which is why it's said that he's haunting that particular house. I mean, you know, he had a bit of a hard time of it as well. Yeah, I'm sure he did. So let's go back to the investigation that you did. Um, first of all, it was hilarious when Katrina slipped on the floor, wasn't it, in the kitchen? It's always hilarious when somebody falls over, don't you think? Do you know what? I don't think there's a funnier joke. There's not a funnier joke in the world than someone no. falling over. 
I mean, and I'll be honest, sometimes during Ghost Soothers, when things were getting a bit stale, when we weren't getting anything, the solution was somebody fall over because at the very least it's going to get a laugh because schadenfreude is a wonderful thing. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, so we had that, and obviously that that was when they found the pools of water on the floor in the kitchen. Yes, which apparently is one of those things that happened in the house when in the Philip and Diane days. Yeah, so in the kitchen, pools of water would just form inexplicably. They'd mop it up, and then sure enough, the water would be back. And I'm I'm assuming there was a big cut there because Katrina fell into a pool of water, but two seconds later, her hair was immaculate again. Quite some achievement, wasn't it? Yeah, well, the makeup people on the Ghost of this team were incredible. Do you know what? We've never t- actually talked about the makeup lady. Her name was Martine, wasn't it? That's it, Martine, yeah. Yeah. One minute she was the makeup lady and the next minute she was one of the lead investigators on there. I know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I never saw that coming. No, I think it was I because she, she was quite good at whenever there was some paranormal goings on, loud mm. noises, she was really good at screaming into the camera. Right. It's good she had a role on there and on top of, of the makeup and... Stuff. Yeah, exactly. And and Katrina did exploit that, I think, a little bit. You know, I don't know what Katrina will say about that now, but every time that she'd grab hold of Martine and go, oh, my God, and, of course, Martine would go mm. off screaming. And, you know, that, that probably didn't help poor girl's nervous system. But um, Yeah, I mean, her catchphrase was, I don't like it. But it's, it got, you know, made its way onto T-shirts. I think she's yeah, apparently, true. you know, she's writing a book called I Don't Like It. Oh, that's fair enough. You know, you've all got to make a living, haven't we? Exactly. Good luck to her. Good luck to her and good luck to me doing this. Okay, um, so after that, I'm trying to think what happened on that big night. So yeah, we had the water on the floor. We had Mm. the the green foam coming out of the taps and the toilets. Yeah, that was an odd one as well, wasn't it? Ectoplasm. Yeah, there's no such thing as ectoplasm. Ectoplasm coming out of the taps and the toilet of all places. Uh, Then, of course, we had all the objects flying around the place. Mm. Oh, it was really really quite haunted and i've i've been back several times actually because i know mm. the chap who owns it and uh, yeah. he does me special rates to stay the night there oh, okay so you've been back a few times oh lots of times when i'm up in that neck of the woods i have the best night's sleep going excellent and you obviously check in with the mug and the little girl i check you? in with him you know obviously we have a chat about when he was alive and how mm. sorry he is and all that and i right. well you know I'm, I'm not here to judge you only god does that Thanks for talking to us about 30 Years to Drive. It's now time for the questions. I know you look forward to this every week, Sylvester. I do, to be honest, yeah. Are you prepared to answer with integrity and be honest and open now? Absolutely. Okay, first question from David Johnson. What's your favourite breakfast? I don't really eat breakfast. Number two from Alex Champers. What's your favourite TV programme? Well, I suppose I'd have to say Ghost Soothers, wouldn't I? No, you haven't been on for years. You can say something oh, else. Oh, good, because it's not. Um, <laughs> Favourite television programme? Oh, well, The Haunting of Hill House, of course. Of course. Everyone has Netflix. Three. Netflix, give us a sponsor. Come on. Yeah, come on, Netflix. You know you want this to be a live programme. Three. Joe Denver, where do you get that sense of style? My sense of style? Oh, goodness yeah. me. I, I don't know where it comes from, to be honest. I think I was just born with it. I mean, it helps, of course. I mean, a bit of cultural heritage from the, the father and the mother, both being Portuguese and Swedish, living in around the UK and all of Europe. I just pick bits up here and there. Okay. Well, again, thank you for answering so honestly. 
coming to the end of the show now, and it's been fascinating, Sylvester. Who'd have thought that cryptozoology was such a fascinating subject? I didn't. Yes, and don't let anyone fool you. It's not a pseudoscience. It's the genuine real article. Yes, it is. The real article made of real stories. Real life stories. So thank you for joining me, Sylvester. We're probably one step closer now to you revealing your news, I take it? Absolutely. One step closer. And I cannot wait to see what you come out with on that one. Oh, you're going to enjoy it. I'm sure I will. Take care and I'll speak to you next week. Bye, Carrie. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Ghost Book Podcast was devised and performed by John Parry and Jackie J. Sarah. It is a deliciously bright production. If you enjoyed this, please give us a five-star review or donate via Buy Me A Coffee. All details, including full credits, can be found on the website ghostbookpodcast.com. <laughs>